This is Ed Van Ness. And I'm John Shannon. You found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. You can catch us live every Saturday at 10 a.m. by downloading the Radio TFI app. Enjoy the show. Adios. See ya. You found the Taxi Stand Hour. On Radio TFI. Join the conversation. You can reach the guys at 754-800-CHAT. 754-800-2428. On Twitter, at Taxi Standard. From a pay phone, call collect. So most people have a fear of acquiring the virus. I think a good way of doing it is to imagine that you do have the virus, yeah? And change your behavior so that you're not transmitting it. Don't think about changing your behavior so you won't get it. Think about changing your behavior so you don't give it to somebody else. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't hear you. What's going on here? So, so where are we? Are we at the point where we're thanking Gerald and thanking oh. Professor Medley? Oh, you couldn't hear at all. I couldn't hear anything. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Do your, do your shtick. Okay. Well, it's June 6th of 2020. Hmm. And you're listening to the Taxi Stand Hour here on Radio TFI. Maybe. From the Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota. I'm John Shannon. And from Queens, New York, in the Radio TFI Executive Tower, it is Mr. Ed Van Ness. Uh, good morning, sir. Good morning, kids and kittens. I trust you've all had a wonderful, wonderful week. You got through it in one piece. Now you're now waking up on Saturday morning, relaxing. You got them tootsies up. You've had your cup of coffee, and you're enjoying your second cup of the non, non uh, decaffeinated with a nice Danish, say a cheese Danish, and you're about to be sit back and let us engulf your mind for the next 120 minutes. Good. I think we better engulf our own minds here before we try to engulf anybody else's mind. And uh, and, a, and a happy Saturday. And it's uh, let, let's not forget today is the 75th anniversary, 76th anniversary of the D-Day invasions. Uh, and for those of our our, uh, our brave warriors who are still with us, we thank you for your service. It's it's sad. Um, they're not going to be able to do anything live there uh, at Normandy. Uh, they they were uh, because of the coronavirus. Obviously, those particular individuals were probably some of the most vulnerable uh, if they were to get the uh, get the virus. So everything's going to be done virtually, like they do every everything else around here, including us. That's how we do it. We did it before it was hip. That's right. We've been social distancing since before it was cool. And uh, and we do it mainly because, well, we don't like each other. So there you go. Yeah. Well, and it would get a little spendy for one of us to have to travel uh, either to back and forth from New York to Minneapolis or vice versa or however you want to do it. It's a long ride on the Greyhound. I tell you that much. Yes, it is. 
been a long time since I've taken a, a ride like that on a Greyhound. Man, imagine Minneapolis to Fort Lauderdale. By the way, I've done that drive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's fine in a car. I don't know that I'd want to do it in a bus. <laughs> My days, I used to love road trips when I was younger. You're a used to good. love taking those kinds of rides. You're Not anymore. Kids wanted to go uh, up to Duluth um, uh, today. And uh, it wouldn't have been bad because they'd have been driving. So I could have caught my share of cat naps along the way but uh now how far is duluth from, from oh what is there? it 100 and 150 60 miles something like that oh it's a it's a quickie it's a quickie. oh i i i know it's it's a cakewalk but well i have all i can do just to want to continue to drive the 200 and some miles that i do every day to work and that's why my friend you are my personal hero well, I I ought to be, but I know when you're I, full of when I look horse for, hockey. When I look but. for inspiration every Saturday morning, I turn to you. You're usually not there. By the way, kids and kittens, John surprised the living daylights out of me this morning. How I, so? Well, I came into the studio uh, about 30-some-odd minutes ago. I had a couple things I had to wrap up for the show that I didn't finish last night. And normally I have the have about 20, 30 minutes to myself here. John usually shows up about, if I'm lucky, five minutes of. And my oh my, he was in the studio before me. What time you what time did you sit down? About about twenty five. Oh, minutes, about eight, about eight thirty my time. You did, didn't you? You did, mm -hmm. you eager, you eager little beaver. Well, there was a couple things I wanted to get accomplished myself in here, so I figured, well, I better I better page in get you. Get you on the old uh, uh, stream stream yard on the blower, as we yeah, used to call it. Exactly. Well, we got. I'm informed we got a few things we gonna we're gonna cover. Uh, we do. Here, uh, yeah. So we will be uh, got several topics. One of the things that I'm I'm going to I don't know when we're gonna get squeezed into this, but uh, uh, the chairman or the leader, I guess, of the Minneapolis Police Federation or Police Union is going out of his way to make sure we all know how bad of a dude that George Floyd was. So we'll be covering that here uh, a little bit later on. Trust me, there. I, I think I might have a thing or two to uh, say about that. And there, we got some other stuff here, but... Uh, you got all, all, a bunch of audio clips that go in there. Are you ready to start laying some of that on us? I, I do. And I'm wondering where to start. And I thought, let's start. In the beginning. In the beginning. Uh, we're we're kind of going to kind of move around here. Uh, and, and, and for apropos of nothing, just because, again, we had a great, great conversation the other night with uh, uh, Shaletta Brundage from WCCO in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. John arranged this interview, and she was kind enough to give us, she gave us about 35, 40 minutes of time. Uh, just just a wonderful woman to speak to, funny, funny, well-informed. And she also appears, uh, John, you'll know more about this program. Uh, uh -huh. I, I, describe the Almanac program for- Well, it is, it's, it's, it's Almanac- 
is on public television here in the Twin Cities. It's basically a news program. They go in depth into, into a few more things. Uh, let me just hit the brakes for just a second here and say hi to Paul. He's a London black cabbie. Black car cabbie, I guess I really should say there. Uh, but um, welcome aboard. Hope you enjoy the show. But uh, back to Almanac. And Ed's waving at you too there, uh, Paul. <laughs> uh, so Almanac, yeah, you know, I'll, I got I to level with you. I've never watched it. Okay. Well, oh, anyway. excuse me. Hold on. I now I got to back up here. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. So, Paul, real quick, if you can, where are you from? London. It, it's right there in the comments. Oh, he is. Oh, <laughs> he's a black okay. taxi driver. He drives a black taxi in London. <laughs> no, apparently he is. He is a black taxi driver. He's a driver who's black. I'm very confused. I'm a little confused too, but all I know is this is I appreciate him listening. I think he I think the car is black. I think you've misunderstood. Jeff. I think I might have misunderstood a couple of times on that. But so in, so anyway, so Shaletta does these essays for this program, has for the past ten years. And uh she was on the program last night. Uh there you go. London taxi driver. Very good. Thank you, Paul. So <laughs> let let let's play this clip. Uh and she actually discussed this with us the other night. This is actually something she discussed with John and I. For more than a decade, our friend Shaletta Brundage has appeared on Almanac delivering essays. Most of the time, her aim is to be funny, and she succeeds every time on that. But this week, Shaletta recorded a very different essay for us. I'm standing on this pole because I need something to lean on. I've got to tell my four children that no matter how good they do in school and no matter what great accomplishments they have, for some people, their lives just don't matter. I had to show them the video of George Floyd and do what millions of African-American parents are doing right now in this country is give them the talk, the tips and tools they need in case they ever have a police encounter. Hands by your side, don't put them in your pocket. If police ask you to do something, do it. If they arrest you, even if you didn't do anything wrong, don't resist and don't ever run your parents will be there to fight your battle. That was a heavy burden to bear for my 13-year-old son, Andrew. After the talk, he climbed in a tree and refused to come down. He said that was the safest place he could be to hide from police after he saw George Floyd being murdered on the streets of our city in broad daylight. I decided to take my children down to the memorial and their anger about Mr. Floyd's death immediately turned into action. They built their own mural, called their state legislator, and participated in a peaceful march. Our children are going to make the difference. Talk to your children. Become an ally. Educate yourself. Let's together in this great state of Minnesota end racism and police brutality. It starts with me and it ends with you. Together, we can make a difference. Ah, well done. Well done. And you can find 
Uh, Shaletta has her own website. She has a podcast. You can get all that information at RadioTFI.com on our link, links page. You, you can connect uh, out to Shaletta. She's a wonderful human being, and I feel privileged that we have the opportunity to talk to her. Uh, John, what were you saying about some uh, chowderhead there in Minneapolis, the police chief? Oh, yes. So the uh, the chief of the, or excuse me, the police union chief, I guess I should say. This is not the chief of police. This is the guy. Actually, when Trump had one of his little rallies at the uh, at, in Minneapolis here, uh, this guy got to share the stage with me, even got to shake his hand. And I understand he hasn't washed his hand since. Uh, Something tells me that hand wasn't getting a lot of washing to begin with. But, hey, yeah, who knows? He, he, you're probably right. To each their so, own. Yeah, exactly. The head of the Minneapolis Police Union says George Floyd's violent criminal history needs to be remembered and that the protests over his death are a work of a terrorist movement. Well, you know what? That seems fair, except for the fact that it's total bollocks. And that that's for you, Paul, in London. Uh <laughs> Uh, don't, even, make, don't make me laugh right now, Ed. <laughs> even even if George Floyd was look, unless he's holding hostages, you don't kill him, whether you want to or not, whether we all wanted you to or not. This clearly had nothing to do with his past, except how it relates to the officer who put his knee into his neck for eight and a half minutes. I I my gut feeling says there is some personal history there that goes beyond them working together or working in the same establish or working for the same establishment i should say so you know look Appar this... apparently uh apparently george did spend a little bit of time behind bars in 2009 okay All well right. geez you know that 11 years ago you know hey I can't I, even remember was what I was doing 11 years ago for crying out loud. Look, he might have been the biggest nitwit on two feet. And I say in that case, put him in jail. Right. But, but you don't get to be uh, executioner. Yeah, that's all. Exactly. That's all. Then again, this is just the humble opinion of two, uh, two old white guys. So, right. as always, what do we know? Yeah. What do we know? On a, on a different side of that. I have a, a, some more audio here. This is from Flint, Michigan, or that county. I don't have the county name in front of me. Uh, Sheriff Chris Swanson. And he, they showed up, and he got into a conversation with the protesters. And uh, fortunately, it was all caught on, on video. And, and here's the audio from that. The only reason we're here is to make sure that you got a voice. That's it. There we go. for a second. Don't think for a second that he represents who these cops are from all over the county and around this nation. We go out there to help people, not do that nonsense. There we go. I just want to tell you, where's, where's my man? Right there. Where's the Where's the gentleman? Oh, I think he took off. Yeah, my man. He took off. Patrick Hawkins is here. I'm just going to tell you. We want to be with y'all for real. So I took my helmet off and laid the batons down. I want to make this a parade, not a protest. 
so. What's up? So listen, I'm just telling you, these cops love you. That cop over there hugs people, so you tell us what you need to do. And the sheriff, and indeed all of his officers, did did walk with them, and it was uh, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible, and you know, it, let's face it: when you're doing things the right way, it, it it's not an it can't be correction. It has to stop being an us versus them mentality. No one's no one, least of all me, is denying that being a police officer is a tough job. Because you have to be everything out there. And how do I know that? Because short of a badge and a gum, gun, being a taxi driver is pretty much the same thing. you got to be a psychologist, a, psych, a psychiatrist. You've got to be part detective, part bloodhound. You've got to be uh, the nanny. You've got to be the referee. You get to be everything with, without the power of arrest. So we, and granted, we don't run into the violent physical confrontations that a police officer will, but I, I think we do have a little bit of an idea. But again, that notwithstanding, they they do have a difficult job at times, and they never know what the next call is going to bring them. And I understand that, and I understand that there's going to be days where, where you just feel like everybody is against you, and you know what? Some days they are, but you put on that badge, you swore an oath. And you've got to take your personal, if you feel that everybody of a particular religion, culture, skin color is inferior to you, you need to hand that badge and that gun back because you're in the wrong place. We all have little biases in our life. Nobody gets along with everybody 100%. What do we say here, John? We hate everybody. So we keep it simple. We keep it simple here. Um, if we don't like anybody, we don't have to worry about insulting anybody because we don't want to deal with you. But that aside, uh, so I, I like what, and if you watch the video of Sheriff Swanson, the look on his face, it, this is not some BS thing he's pulling just to mollify the crowd. Because this was not, that, that past week was not about mollifying crowds. Many, many police, uh, uh, those in, in, in charge, thought nothing of hurling and by the way rubber bullets are not made of rubber they're like little artillery shells have about the same consistency of a bowling ball yeah yeah new urethane bowling balls that you've seen in the last uh 20 years let's drop one of them on you so well not the same size of weight but i mean it's uh it's yeah it's it's doesn't it doesn't have any quality to actually give right Right. And that's, you know. that, that's easy to tell by looking at the photos of the people that have been hit with them. Yeah, and, Jesus. Man, that's... Uh, so, for right now, I, I've got one more I want to play while we're still on uh, on this whole topic. And this is from a woman in Minneapolis. I don't know what part. Uh, basically, she took down the Black Lives Matter people that were standing in front of the looted store. And and she gives them what for. That's basically it. So let me play that. The problem that bothers me 
You said Black Lives Matter. How did you say that? I worked here, hard time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said Black Lives Matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell him, sister. Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. No. Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. That's right, because I got their back. These are my dudes right here. Good men. Look at the things you've done. Good men. Look. The Black Lives Matter. We've been here all night cleaning up. All night cleaning. And you got black people now. right here with them. Black Tell people. me. That's right. Black Lives Matter. Exactly. You lied. You wanted to loot the store. You needed money. Get a job like I do. Stop stealing. This is the neighborhood. We trying to build it up and you tan it down. What's your And that's that's where the uh the audio ends, but yeah, yeah, that's uh people are people are losing a lot. I mean a lot of these businesses just reopened. Now, again, we understand it's not all the peaceful protesters, but uh, Absolutely but, not. I think it's very few of them are the actual peaceful protesters. And by the way, according to Paula over there in London, there's now big protests at, at Parliament Square in London. That's outside the House of Parliament, which would be the equivalent of our Congress. Uh, so, and what is it? About three o'clock in the afternoon, three thirty in the afternoon over there. So uh, uh, hopefully it stays peaceful and the message gets across. Uh, we don't know. We appreciate it if it's if it's in response to what goes on here in the United States, uh, our gun with our gun culture and everything else. I don't know how that plays out in the UK or Europe for that matter. Uh, well, so. I didn't know Ed uh, until we started. In, I started following a few uh, a few of the uh, cabbies out in uh, out in London. Uh, when we first started this whole thing with Uber, he says no guns, though. Uh, right. But right. The one thing is, I have noticed r- racial overtone on social media coming out of London that I didn't really think was there. But uh, well, you learn something in that. Yeah. Well, and, by the by, by the way, ju- just an aside to our our London cab driver friends. Hey guys, I miss my my pictures of upside down Ubers. Yeah, keep them coming. <laughs> yeah, I, we understand that the, you know business isn't what it used to be, but boy, oh boy, if you could, that was. <laughs> I still can't get over. First of all, I don't even know how you flip a, peer, a Prius. I don't know how, but with the upside, yeah, with all that battery, how yeah. heavy those things are to begin with. You got to really work at that. Uh-huh. Uh, but I mean, besides. The upside down Priuses are my favorite, but I also love the ones that wind up on public staircases and rooftops and in the middle of a golf course. So, you know, do what you can when you can. And, uh, no, because I can send you hundreds. All right. We're looking, we're looking, man. (laughs) And while we're discussing Paul and, and our friends in London, uh, here's a voice you'll recognize, uh, uh, to our London friends. This is this kind of off topic for what we're on right now, but it's Piers Morgan on Good Morning Britain speaking with the the uh, certifiably insane now America's mayor Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, I'm sorry, but the interview is over as far as I'm. You sound completely barking mad. Do you know that? No, I don't. You've lost the plot. Like a big 
You've Why? lost the plot. And it's sad to see. You, 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 you're the one who got thrown off the television here. Yeah. You had ratings that were about two. Yeah. So don't tell me I've lost anything. You keep going, Rudy. I know what happened to your show, Pierce. Yeah. And I remember the mistakes you made. I remember. I remember how you sucked up. Yeah, but I remember. So don't give me that stuff. I know who you are. Well, we'd like you to apologize. You want about me. We'd like to apologize but for the language you just used. president, and you are helping to create violence in this country with the way you're covering this. When I used to interview you, when I used to interview you, you were an intelligent, reasonable man, and you've gone completely mad, and you sound no, deranged. I, you're you're abusive, saying that because I and don't it's really, it's really sad to see what's happened to you. It's really, it was really sad to see the way your career imploded in the United States, Pierce. Yeah. If you think I have any respect for you after this, well, maybe you don't care. Well, but okay. everyone in America knows you're a failed journalist. Really? So well, you know what? This feels like it's turned into a personal argument. You know what, Rudy? You two, and I'm not sure you know that what, Rudy? I had the, to watch that. I had the stomach to stand up and say that your gun culture is completely out of control and unacceptable. And people like you kept telling me, don't be ridiculous. We're entitled to go on shooting each other all day, day long. Now so you're lying again. I will stand by don't what I did. Quote from me about your stupid comment. Okay. Yeah, I didn't quote that. All right. I, I was nice enough okay. to keep my mouth shut about you because I liked you. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? You've come on but here. You, you've you been, were thrown out of your job. You've yeah. come on here. You've been rude and abusive. You sound unhinged. I haven't been rude. You've been you using profanity. And you were somebody I, I used to admire, Rudy. Tell me you were somebody I used to admire. Okay. Rudy right, Giuliani, thanks very much indeed. Too. What uh, profanity did I use, Meyer? Uh, what sorry. profanity did I use? Well, I don't think we can repeat it, unfortunately. No, I didn't use any profanity. What, okay, once so again what words did you use that we misheard in the studio? You tell me the profanity I used. Oh. Tell well. me that, that, that's exactly what you do to President Trump. Okay. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, thank you very much indeed. Now, I'm no Piers Morgan fan and never really have been, but man, Rudy's gone off the deep end. <laughs> Sounds like he's drunk, man. There, you've got to see the video that goes with that. It, it, it is just, it, it, Rudy just looks like, I, I mean, he has deteriorated into, uh, look, again, Piers Morgan, polarizing figure, no matter which side of the Atlantic he's on, always has been. But uh, but Rudy uh, and by the way, I believe the offending word there was sucked. Now now here in the U.S., well we don't <laughs> we let that fly like there's no problem. Are now. you kidding me? And we appreciate our, our friends, you know, across the Atlantic have have different sensibilities, and and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with. That. Hey, they say, hey, <laughs> don't go if you if you've watched shows from England. They let words like shit hey, fly. Now. I mean, that, that's nothing. I mean, that, hey, they, they just let that fly without any problem. And uh, they don't have nearly a, uh, they don't have nearly the problem with the old C word. Yeah. Um, well, I'll say, I'll know. say this much, although I've been aware of the phrase, you know, it's, it's not one that we use here. As soon as I heard it again, I fell in love with it again. I love the phrase barking mad. <laughs> just that. <laughs> I and especially as it applies to to Rudy, that and, and again for those of you listening, especially over there, you know, in the UK, we all loved Rudy, we all loved Rudy, especially nine eleven after not, after nine eleven, you know, he was the man, he was the man, and uh, 
uh, he took whatever potion Trump was offering. And uh, that's that, as they say. You know, uh, he he turned into a uh, into a really, really uh, unrecognizable almost. I, in my you opinion. know what? I think that's the best word I've heard so far, John. That is the best description I've heard. Unrecognizable. And uh, speaking of unrecognizable, what the living? Are you busting up the joint now, or? Oh, you mean this? Yeah, that. That. Are they? Are are they breaking down the door? Are they busting into the studio to shut us down? Is that what's Uh, going on? No, not yet. I just happened to kind of lower my coffee cup down. Revolution! Revolution! Resist! Resist! Oh! Oh! Hey! Do you have anything? I, I got to tell you something here real quick that I picked up on yesterday. So you like Ben and Jerry's ice cream, don't you? Uh, it's uh, oh, crap. Uh, no, well, it's, it is what you it is. You don't? Oh, come on. Oh. You're fired. Am I? You're fired. <laughs> How can you not like Ben and Jerry's ice cream? I didn't say I didn't like it. I just... Oh, so you'll love it after this so leave it to Ben and Jerry's to make political activism delicious the Vermont excuse me the Vermont based ice cream company announced on Tuesday that they're launching a new excuse me a brand new flavor celebrating groups that have that resist the Trump administration's regressive and discriminatory policies and build a future that values inclusivity, equality, and justice for people of color, women, the LBGQ community, refugees, and immigrants, the company said on its website. The name of the ice cream is called Pecan Resist. Oh, It's a, it's a chocolate ice cream with dark fudge chunks, pecans, walnuts, and fudge-covered almonds. Mmm. That suddenly, that that sounds good to begin with. It just sounded a whole lot better. <laughs> it does. Pick it up. You know what it sounds like it would go great with? A few ciders. <laughs> it does. That would go great. Uh, let's move on now. Just one second. Just one, one more acknowledgement here for Paul. Uh, we appreciate him listening. I guess he's going to check out. Off to have a few ciders, he says. Like I said, it would go well with a few ciders. Oh, di- oh you saw that before. Oh, uh, yeah. How about that? Some you're of us doing are a marvelous job. Some of us you're are doing a marvelous job. I just want to let you know that. Not so much. Wait till I tell you what happened. But I'll wait till after the show. <laughs> uh, okay. Let, let's just say Dr. Ed's going to be spending a fair bit of time in the editing surgery room after the show <laughs> oh no well don't count on any audio for me yeah i'm not i'm not well we'll make it no i think you're okay but anyway uh, let's let's move on uh this will kind of bridge the gap uh now <clears throat> we've often speaking of being barking mad captain coppertone just when you think you swear Man, it can't get any any lower than this, now can it? You just know there's nothing left in that bag of tricks. 
There's nothing. There is no depravity left. There is no self-centered uh, self-centered act that is just oblivious to the rest of the planet that this man can can be associated with. And you know what I would say to that? You'd be wrong. This was yesterday. This was Captain Coppertone, who some of you might know as El Presidente Donald Trump. <sighs> Take a listen to this. Try to hold down your breakfast or lunch if you're in the UK. Hopefully George is looking down right now and saying there's a great thing that's happening for our country. There's a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. This is a great day for everybody. This is a great, great day. Yeah, it's a spectacular day, Donnie. For George, of all, yeah, especially George Floyd. Mm -hmm. It's in a, because this was how he planned it. He's taking a dirt nap. While you're sitting there, hiding out in the bunker. Because in the last three and a half years, Trump's America has just, has just lit a fuse under all the racism that without question exists in this country always has but it looked like we had pretty much tamped it down and kept it into the dark uh dark shadows in the basements and 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 out of the the light of day where it didn't bother for the most part most people we were coming out of it and then you came along and you think this is a great day for george floyd you're going to invoke his name you shouldn't be saying his name to begin with you racist son of a bitch you're going to say he's looking down. Remember, this, this is a guy who referred to a former congressman that he didn't like, who had just recently passed, and his wife had asked him for something. Uh, and he, he made comments about, about how the wife asked and also said, and I'm sure he's looking up. You know what, Trump? You're a piece of crap. You're a piece of crap. I'd have to argue with you there. Uh, is that he an isn't a piece to, of crap. Is that an insult to pieces of crap? No, he's he's not a piece of crap. He's the entire pile. No. The entire manure wagon there, folks. Uh, it, it just, look, and I'm not the only one, I'm sure, that was outraged by that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, how, how oblivious can you be? Uh, you've had protesters out there for nearly two weeks now over this man over the way this man was killed and you're going to say it's a great day and george thinks it's a great day and he's looking down on us and it's a great day for everybody i got news for you pally boy maybe a good day for maybe a great day for you because you didn't poop your pants today but for the rest of us not so much it was down at least a notch at least a notch <sighs> yes yeah no, I when I when I heard about that too, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I think if he'd have had to ask George Floyd if it was a good day for him, I think he'd probably tell you, No, you stupid son of a bitch. I just had a cop put his full weight uh on and his knee on the back of my neck and I'm no longer here to be able to be with my family and my children and grandchildren and whatnot. So, yeah, was it a good was it a good day for him? I I, I have my doubts. Not a, great not a good day. not a good day. A great day. Oh, 
a great day. Thousand pardons. But no, no, I, I, I think that he'd probably just tell you to kiss his ass, be uh be honest with you. Well let let let's finish rolling through the week of, of what it was. Uh let's see. Oh, let's let's talk let let's go to press secretary Barbie here. Kaylee McEnany from uh from the first from Monday. Extremists, and I would also note the president's long history of condemning white supremacy and racism. There is no place in society for these egregious, egregious, despicable ideologies. Jeff, hasn't he designated any white nationalist groups as terrorist organizations? It, it has been used. I explained how, in this case, that domestic terrorism will be used as a way that the crime is prosecuted. It's um, a, a prosecutorial method, and it was utilized in the same exact way with regard to white supremacy. What did he offer her? She's an intelligent woman, Kaylee McEnany. Very intelligent. What what does he have on her that she comes out and spews this nonsense? Trump is, is against racism and white supremacy. Are you kidding me? He's their poster boy. Well... He asked, what does Trump have on her? I Probably nothing right now, but knowing the way Trump rolls, he probably has something in mind he'd like to have on her. Well, that, yeah. that, that ain't going to work. Ask, ask uh, Stormy Daniels. <laughs> well, you know, it, you never know. Oh, and by the way, by the way, uh, uh, Stormy Daniels, there was a court case. The judge decided she doesn't have to pay any. Uh, Trump was suing her, I guess, for the NDA or something. I, I don't have the details in front mm -hmm. of me. It just popped into my head. Uh, but basically, she was very happy this this week or last week that it, uh, Trump's not getting a dime out of her either. And I don't know where all that stands legally. But uh, hey, let's let's move on to uh, so, some of Trump's former cast of characters and and possibly new. New ones. Let's start with Tom Cotton, senator out of out of Arkansas or Arkansas, as those of us in the know like to say. Uh, Tom Cotton has a solution. If local law enforcement is overwhelmed, if local politicians will not do their most basic job to protect our citizens, let's see how these anarchists respond when the 101st Airborne is on the other side of the street. You think that's a bit of an overreaction? Uh, could just be. Just, just, it could be just a bit of an overreaction. You know, he's sucking up for a place in 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 Trump's administration, which people we need to vote. We need to make sure this doesn't happen. Four more years, I'm telling you what, there won't be anything left here in 2024. Nothing. Uh, so let's let's move on to. I, I mean, here's a guy advocating we use the U.S. Armed Forces against U.S. citizens. Yes, there's a little bit of anarchy going on out there. There's no question. And it's after dark, I say, you know, you're, you're on your own right now. Because if you're out there to create trouble, then you deserve everything that's coming to you. But we got to handle this better. But bringing in the 101st Airborne, I don't think, you know, what are you going to do? Carpet bomb Main Street? I mean, come on now. No, they'll just carpet bomb. They'll just carpet bomb every black neighborhood in the country and think mm. that, you know. And listen, 
we're not as far away from that as as you uh, as you may think. You might think I'm talking like a stupid old man when I say that, but no. Listen, they think they, they think therein lies the problem. You get rid of the you get rid of the uh, people who live in these uh, lesser tended neighborhoods, if you will. And yes, you know it's not all black people that live in these neighborhoods. It, you do have some uh, white people in there too that uh, uh, don't uh, conform to. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Just don't conform to uh, the whole idea of putting your boot on everybody's neck and and um, they're just they they're they're living basically outside the lines, if you will. Mm. And well, just- yeah, hey, I. A guy like that who would even talk like that to begin with would have no problem with uh, flattening those particular neighborhoods, getting rid of those particular people, and clear the way for the rich, uh, uh, rich developers who want to make everything into a Disney World, if you know it. And especially considering his name is Cotton, go with the ramifications of that. Well, yeah, I didn't know if I had to be that obvious. <laughs> and by the way, John, we, we we in no way, shape, or form would consider you a stupid old man. Barking mad, yes, without question. Oh, yes, I'm going to run that one into the ground today. <laughs> now, moving along in our cavalcade of stars here, it's, it's the one, the only, Judge Weinbox herself. Judge Janine uh, Pirro on Joe Biden. And there's nothing Boy. there. Oh, there it is. One moment. There it is. Boy, I believe it was a family, the brother of George Floyd. That's all good. But other than that, all Joe Biden is doing is talking. The president is saying what Americans are thinking, which is get out there, do something, stop the violence, stop the Americans from having to suffer more pain and more economic devastation. He's being a leader. Joe Biden is probably going back to his basement tonight. Joe Biden's not president yet. Yeah. Joe Biden right now is a private citizen. But he's certainly not advocating to bring in the military or to, you know, again, carpet bomb Main Street or Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Thank you, Judge Janine. Always uh, have another box of wine. Uh, Scooting right along to a quick one. This is from... You're, you're, I, I should just point out, you're just jealous. Yeah, yeah. You can't handle a whole box of wine in one sitting, so. Not like her, uh-uh. Not like her. Maybe if I was barking <laughs> mad, I would, but. So, uh, <laughs> this is from the Stuttering John podcast. Yes, Stuttering John, that's the that same guy from the Howard Stern show. John, John is live on YouTube a couple of times a week, and he now has with him on Thursdays, Noel Kassler, who we have talked about many, many times here. If you're not following at Noel Kassler Comedy, uh, you're missing a lot. Uh, this guy has been opening up the books on Trump for three years now, and Trump doesn't say a word about it. Why? Because he'd have to prove other... Uh, it's... So anyway, they had uh, uh, Noel co-host the show with him 
on Thursdays. And lo and behold, they had the mooch on. Anthony Scaramucci, you all remember, you know, 11 days as the communications director. And by the way, there's a man, this is a man that's done a complete 180 on on Trump. And here here's an example of it. This is from, uh, I think it was last week. I think uh, it might have been Tuesday. No, it was Tuesday the 2nd. When he does a news search, he searches T-R-U-M-P. He does not search USA. He has love for one thing in life that's T-R-U-M-P. He doesn't search USA. He definitely doesn't search Y-O-U. He could give a shit about Y-O-U. Okay, so that's different from Nixon. Nixon actually was like, okay, I love this country. I'm getting off the stage. I remember this was a guy who was would have fallen on the sword for Trump. They're slowly but surely uh, disappearing. And as uh, Bill brought up the other night, uh, caller to our show, you've got all the chiefs of staff now. The the, the top guys in the military are starting to turn on them now. And this is going to be significant. How Uh, could we have a coup? No, no, no. Just as far as the election. (laughs) I, I don't think there's going to be a coup because that's something Trump would do. Uh, a coup solves nothing. Duly elected and and uh, the process. It's the process. The peaceful transition of power. Which, by the way, is not going to happen in January. I don't believe. I don't believe. Oh, for, no. I don't believe for a second that Trump's not going to go, uh, which is fine. You know what? I, I'm, I'm up for a little temporary upheaval, short, short-term upheaval. If it means he, he does the perp, perp walk out of the white house and i hope when they do i hope them they walk them right through lafayette park right to that church and uh stick a bible under his toupee or somewhere uh maybe we can find a statue in the uh front yard there of jesus flipping him off yeah so speaking of the military here's something that the lincoln project put out this week uh yesterday as a matter of fact let's take a listen This is the story of a coward and a commander. The coward Trump dodged the draft. Jim Mattis led American troops for 40 years. While a frightened Trump hides from protesters in a deep bunker firing off tweets, Jim Mattis does what he's always done, leads. While Donald Trump angrily attacks, General Mattis' words deserve to be heard by every American. Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people, does not even pretend to try. Instead, he tries to divide us. We know that we are better than the abuse of executive authority. We must reject and hold accountable those in office who would make a mockery of our Constitution. Militarizing our response, as we witnessed in Washington, D.C., sets up a conflict, a false conflict, between the military and civilian society. It erodes the moral ground that ensures a trusted bond between men and women in uniform and the society they are sworn to protect. Who do you trust, the coward or the commander? The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Oh, that's uh, something to think about now, wouldn't you say? Exactly. Hey, why don't we tell the lovely listeners uh, 
how they can join into this uh, here program. Uh, would you like uh, to do it or would you like Mike King? I love to do it. 754-800-CHAT. 754-800-2428. You can either give us a call or send a text. You can tweet us at Taxi Stand Hour. Or if you are watching uh, live here on Periscope, you do like uh, uh, like Paul did earlier here. And uh, just send us a message uh, right there in that little box uh, at the bottom of your uh, of your bottom of your feed there. And then have a couple uh, of ciders. Yeah, and then have a couple of ciders. Absolutely. If you missed uh, any of this uh, show, you can dial it back on Periscope and catch it that way. Or you can uh, go to our SoundCloud uh, uh, feed there, if you will. Catch the uh, the podcast there. Catch it wherever uh, Hello, you uh, get your podcast. Hello. 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 Hi, who am I talking Hi. to? Um, this is Shannon Tim, uh, the daughter of the late Richard Tim from Discount Taxi. I know where Ed. Ed's got a puzzled, puzzled look on his face. Uh, uh, yes, I, I've never met this young lady, but... Uh, uh, Richard Tim, by the way, is the first owner-operator I drove for back when I started uh, in 1983, and I, I love the man dearly. He was he was closest thing I ever had to a mentor in this uh, in this uh, industry. How are you doing there, young lady? I'm doing good. Just uh, reflecting on my dad and uh, watching your show here, and getting ready to head out to Elko. Uh, racetrack to take a look at his legends car that he left behind for his driver. Um, oh. But I do know that my dad uh, made a strong impact in the transportation business since uh, I was born. Tomorrow I'll be 51 and I've been right along his side this whole time and he recently passed on May 23rd um, and he has seen the taxi industry bring him down to zero, um, starting with uh, being a co-founder or a partial owner of Yellow Cab. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm 51. And then he branched off, worked for a couple other companies, and then he went uh, full force for himself. But with Uber and Lyft coming on, it brought him down to two taxis. And I think it just kind of destroyed his life down to a zero income. And... Um, you know, it's devastating, uh, and I, I, you know, he, he's a legend. He made changes uh, from how you used to dress in a taxi cab. He made uh, real big changes in the cities um, to a button-up shirt and a pair of slacks, and he used to have the ye old log in his cab, and he'd have Christmas music on with magazines, and just top-notch, he had... Uh, he used to drive Michael Jackson around when Michael Jackson was about eight years old and the Jacksons, the Globetrotters. No kidding. Uh, Spanky McFarland. You know, he's just, uh, he's a great man, and he was all for uh, everybody in transportation. He really was. He really was. He did not, uh, and he didn't pull any punches. He'd tell you, he had something on his mind. He, he would uh, come right up to it, and uh, he, he, he'd come right out with it. He didn't... If he, to, quite frankly, if he didn't like you, he'd let you know. There'd be no sugarcoating about it. 
Yeah, he goes back to the old legendary Chatterbox Bar and, you know, all that stuff on Grand Avenue. And, you know, he has, it's just amazing, you know, and I, I want the opportunity to be able to tell you, thank you, John Shannon, because he used to talk about you a lot. There were no swear words involved, were there? <laughs> no, no, no. He only started swearing at the end. You know, my dad never cussed. He always used to use it and replace it by the word schmuck. <laughs> well, you, you know, know and, and was... siblings, he didn't swear. He didn't swear. You know, he would raise his fist and say, you schmucks. Or my dad never kept mm. alcohol in the house and. He just was a great man. He raised four children, single, and he used to run in legislation and smooth with uh, Hubert Humphrey and JFK. And, you know, he just, uh, I, I, I'm going to be having this taxi, and I'll have it out at Elko Speedway, um, and I'll, run, I'll be driving it in the spectator races, the street spectator races. So Now, be careful with that car. That was his baby. <laughs> God, that car. Yeah, after he got it, it started on fire. Oh. Yeah. Bye, so bye. He, he, he loves that car. His last car, he put 320,000 miles on it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Hell, that's just, that's just breaking yeah. them in. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to do a hello to you, Ed, in New York City. I've been there. That's a wonderful place. I went to Ground Zero. Um, Yeah. Prayers to you guys out there. Well, yeah, and uh, my my taxi career was in South Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. I I, I moved back here, um, what is it, about a year and a half ago now, last February. Uh, we won't get in, get into that whole story, but suffice it to say, Uber had a bit of a devastating effect on me as well. But we won't get into that right now. Uh, but right, pretty- exactly. We appreciate you calling, and it sounds like your dad was quite a guy, especially as, and uh, you know, we're we're gonna talk a little bit more in the next hour about Uber and all that, and a, a little bit of transportation. But we certainly appreciate the call. It sounds like he was a hoot and a holler. Yeah, he's a great man, and uh, thank you very much, John and Annette. I just wanted to drop by and say hi because I kind of plug thank into you. your show every now and then. Well, thank you for keeping his uh, memory alive. Here, it makes me think back on some of the things here and he was you know and, and and next time you next time you look up there and and you you, you speak to him tell him the birds down there in front of the st paul hotel still missing oh my gosh he used to the squirrels would come right up on his shoulders and the birds oh my gosh squirrels and birds and i tell you that and they when he was no longer there, I can remember pulling up on that stand. Here are all these damn birds up here on my up on the on the foot of the car and up on my mirror and stuff like that. And it's almost like they're asking me, "Hey, where's Richard? Where's Richard? We're hungry." Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, he really. Uh, yeah, St. Paul Hotel. You know where I would go. I wouldn't go to his house to find him. I'd go to the St. Paul Hotel to find That's him. Where that was his and place. And you know what? You know I got a fact about the St. Paul Hotel. My dad and his mom and sister used to do uh, master bread commercials on top of the St. Paul Hotel back in the fifties. I think it was. Oh my God, master bread. Yeah, <laughs> and he, there, he used something. to be on the. Yeah, he used to be on the Skippy peanut butter commercials. This is really weird. My dad's phone's ringing right now as I'm talking on it to you guys. 
<laughs> well, you better answer. There's somebody, there's somebody calling in, but uh, I'll let you guys go. Thanks. Thank again. you so much, Shannon. Thanks for calling. Thank we'll talk you. to you again soon. Yeah, per you. Be safe. Okay. Bye bye. Take now. care. Thank you. Bye bye. Wow, that was a surprise. Seems like it. You know, and I, I, I will tell you, and I know it, it kind of got us a little off track here, but just, just a couple of seconds here before we go off for the for the uh, first hour here. Uh, one of these days, I'd just love to do a, a show about just my earlier days in, in this industry. And, uh, and one of the things that I do remember about the man, uh, Richard Tim, was, you know, I was still a kid. I started doing this when I was 20 years old, man. Uh, I was, and I was a goof off. Like any other 20 year, I didn't take this, I didn't take this business seriously. This was an opportunity for me to have all kinds of fun, if you will, working the night shift. So, uh, yeah, I'd make, a, I'd make a few shekels and whatnot just to kind of keep my habits alive, if you will. But uh, no, he he was one of the guys that got me on the on the straight and narrow and told me that you know hey you can make money in this business if you just take your head out of your ass and actually take it seriously. So that def uh, definitely nothing but admiration there for Richard Tim. So uh, you still got time for anything else there before we? Well, well, just you know, take it easy. We got we got a little, we got a little bit of time left. We got a couple of minutes. I, before, I before always take it easy. Haven't you noticed that? Uh, I just want to say that that was a lovely call. Uh, it sounds like it sounds like Mr. Tim was quite the little character there, on top of uh, top of being a top notch business operator. Uh, I love I love the squirrels and the birds thing. That oh, uh, that, that, that I tell you something. I just I could not believe it. The, the birds were, you know, it's like they were. They know, you know, they see a van because he drove uh, actually same type of van that I have, exact same type. Hmm. And the only difference was his was uh, his was white, mine's black. Hmm. But um, no, they, they these damn damn birds are jumping all over and I, I feel bad i didn't have any bread or any seed to give them or anything like that but they were they were, they were knocking on the door if you will well that was just poor planning on your part you knew you're going to the stand i, I, I know sake. but i just don't plan everything out like i should well well there you go now you'll know to keep a little a little something a little baggy of bread and nuts and <clears throat> excuse me and what have you i mean you're a you're it, that's just a shame that uh, the poor birdies and the squirrels you know what you need i to wonder do, if any i wonder John, if any of the other guys that work down there at that stand there's only there was only him and maybe a handful of other independent drivers that would even work that particular you gotta remember stand. when you go see the squirrels you've got to show them your nuts why what took you so long I was waiting for you to finish. I was being respectful. What took you so long to come up with that? Come on. I got a lot going on here, man. I, I, I get it. I understand. But... I can't get them all, okay? You know, I can't get them all. I do my level best. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Oh, so we got a whole other hour of this here uh, 
to do. We'll have, like Ed said, we will have some news on um, Uber and Lyft and their uh, continued decline, if you will, or at least hopefully that's what it's about. I tell you, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to them. They, they've had little or nothing to do with what I'm doing out there on the streets these days. So, For all I know, they can all burn in hell. Until then, I guess we'll uh, see you on the other side. You found the taxi stand hour. The worst talk radio I've ever heard in my life. On Radio TFI. First off, I just want to say I've been trying to record this video for a few days, but every time I did, I kept losing the footage. I got to get something better to record on than a body cam, but I digest. I just seen on Fox News that on CNN, they're saying my president and still your president, by the way, Donald J. Trump was hiding in a bunker and that pisses me off. He wasn't hiding in a bunker. He was just inspecting it. It's not even a bunker. It's a fortified basement with enough Diet Coke and Big Macs to last a couple years. He's got a bed down there with a smaller bed on the floor next to it for Mike Pence. And if he's good, he gets to sleep at the foot of the big bed. He wasn't hiding. He was just checking his cell service to see if he could still tweet. And then he went up to the Rose Garden, had a gaslighting conference. He likes to speak out there because the smell of the flowers covers up the smell of the bullshit. And then he threatened violence on American citizens. And then he had the balls to walk across the park. Thank God that wasn't Obama because, you know, some white lady would have called the cops on him just for bird watching. And Trump walked across that park and his step counter was going haywire because it's not used to having that many steps in one day. And then he walked over to a church where just minutes before they tear gas peaceful protesters, including clergy people. And then he walked over to that church and held up a Bible like it was the first time he ever held a book up. And it was a pretty big Bible. It, it looked big in his hands. It was the pocket sized version, but it still looked pretty big. And he, he threatened violence, and then he held up a book that promotes peace, at least the second half of that book. That's kind of like Captain America holding up a copy of Mein Kampf, or it's kind of like Mike Pence holding up a Playboy or any book with female nudity in it. And Trump proved once again that he's Christian in religion, but he's far from Christ-like in his actions. So I'm raising my emotional support beer today to the bunker boy in chief. Here's to you, Donald J. Trump. Now get off my prop. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike King. You want to talk to the guys at the Taxi Stand Hour? Call us at 754-800-CHAT. That's 754-800-2428. Join the conversation. And welcome back to, oh, there he is right at the very tippy top. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't want him to. I wanted to unveil the curtain at the right time. <laughs> Be nice if you let so, me in on it. <laughs> well, I don't know what the hell you were doing. <laughs> so good. Uh, good morning once again. Here you are listening to the second hour of the Taxi Stand Hour right here on Radio TFI and also uh, streaming live on Periscope. All you got to do really if you want to get on board with that to you folks that are uh, listening on SoundCloud, you know, just go to Taxi Stand Hour at Taxi Stand Hour on the old Twitter right square up at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, You'll see our lovely mugs right Mm. there. You'll regret it. I, I tell you, but, but you can. I, we've, uh, but you can still do it. It just be careful to hide the small children. Or, or you can also just go to radiotfi.com and right there on the first front page, there's a big old link for Periscope. There's another link to listen to the station live, whatever may be going on at the time, uh, including this year program. There's also links for SoundCloud where you can find the back library of programs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's RadioTFI.com for all your taxi stand hour needs. John? Exactly. And, <laughs> by the way, not only just the taxi stand hour, but that oh, no. you would think that would be enough, Doug. It, it is enough. There, you mean there's more? The, the, there is more, believe it or not. Matter of fact, coming up a couple hours after uh, this particular show at 2 p.m. Eastern, we start a day of throwback baseball. No kidding. Now that, does, now, that doesn't mean you get to throw a ball back onto the field, which it wouldn't matter anyways, because there's nobody in those fields. But you can let me some, catch some. Uh, today, you can catch some baseball from back at a time before I was born. Can you believe that? Son of a... Yeah, you know what? Uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, the San this is the San Francisco Giants at this point in time. Yeah, that's right. Because they are taking on the New York Mets. That was their expansion uh, year, by the way. That was their first that year. That was the Mets expansion year. Now, where did they... Where did they play that first year? Was it wasn't Shea then yet? No, the first couple of years they played in the Polo Grounds. Polo Grounds. That's okay. So then again, now it's seven o'clock tonight. We got the uh, Detroit Tigers traveling to the Bronx to play the New York Yankees. That's from back in uh, it's the same day, May twentieth. Oh, that's the same day. Okay. Thank and, you. Appreciate and by, that. And by the way, back in the day. Even with only 16 teams in all of the U.S. And, uh, well, you go back before they moved out to L.A. and in California. Yankee Stadium and the Polo Grounds are literally across the river from each other. You could see one from the other. Huh. Uh, Tomorrow we have an interesting one that I'll be tuning into Uh, at 2 p.m., a game from back in April of 1960, April 23rd, 1960 to be exact. The Cleveland Indians will be taking the Athletics. Now, not the Oakland Athletics, but the Kansas City Athletics. That is correct. They stopped for and 13 I, years on their way from uh, Philadelphia to Philadelphia Oakland. Philadelphia to, to Oakland, yep, exactly. 
I don't know if that was played at Municipal Stadium in Kansas City. I'd spent uh, many an afternoon and evening with my father going to athletics games before they uh, abandoned us for Oakland. Never forgave him for that. I still hate the Oakland athletics. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're no fan of yours either. So. Yeah, I'm sure. Bastards. So uh, <laughs> that's 7 o'clock tonight, hey, or hey, 7 o'clock it, tomorrow for what, night. For what it's worth, there's still people in Brooklyn pissed at the Dodgers for leaving. I, I, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that for a minute. Um, but at 7 p.m. tomorrow... It's a game from 1948, uh, July 13th to be exact, where the All-Star game was played in Sportsman's Park in St. Louis. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. That is, And, and I'm not sure. Uh, there was a time when the St. Louis Browns and the St. Louis Cardinals shared Sportsman's shared Park. Shared Sportsman's Park, yeah. And okay. I'm not certain if that was after... Uh, the cards built the first incarnation of Bush Stadium. Uh, but it was only a few years before uh, the Browns left for uh, for for Baltimore to become the Orioles. So anyway, yeah, go ahead, John. I'll let you finish that up there. Uh, well, well, that's about all I had for throwback baseball. Very entertaining time if you are uh, uh, if you are a baseball fan, especially if you are a nostalgic baseball fan you know this is a period this was before you know you had a bunch of televised baseball games so if you wanted your baseball fix listen to it on the radio and some of those broadcasters uh in the day were fantastic they could paint a picture in your mind of that ball game that you uh it's almost it's it's a lot better now than it used to be. There's some still some good uh, baseball uh, broadcasters out there on the radio, but these guys, you know, the Ray Scotts, the Herb Carneals, um, uh, Vin Scully, Dick Enberg, uh, and these guys could paint a picture in your mind of that baseball game and make you feel like you uh, you were there right alongside of them. So, oh, okay. Let's see. What else do we have to play with here? How about our, something else? How, how about our microphone, John? What about it? What am I doing? Huh? <laughs> uh, well, what's, the, what's the issue? Huh? Can you tell me? <laughs> Whiner. We'd love to hear you. That's all. We just want to. What do you mean? What do you mean, we white boy? <laughs> easy, easy. Not the not the week for that. Okay. Pick your spots. Pick your spots. I did. I thought I picked a perfect one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Cards and Letters 2. Uh, Northern Ed Van Ness. Oh, no. Oh, not this time. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Your old Uncle Ed is... Uh, uh, hey, I want to pass along... Chicken this, shit. That's, uh, now watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. I only had one tweet this week, tweet of the week, and uh, I want to get that out of the way. Uh, up from Miranda Yaver, at Miranda Yaver. <laughs> and she had written, you know, I always wanted to know what it would be like to simultaneously experience the Spanish flu, Great Depression, and 1968 mass protests while Andrew Johnson was president. <laughs> <laughs> 
John's huh? looking. She wanted. Look, we're going through a pandemic, the Spanish flu. We're, we're entering a, another depression. Uh, the mass protests, like in 1968, it's a shame when I got a. And Andrew Johnson was president. In other words, somebody that was a president that was impeached. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll be bringing out the uh, the whiteboard to explain these later on. I, I appreciate the, it. By the way, John, while we're sitting here, and, and this is for our Periscope folk, what do you notice behind me, John? What do I notice behind you? Let's. Let me go back to the point where I gotta. Oh, isn't that Bethel? He got curtains, and he had to look long and hard yesterday to find some place to buy curtains. And it's not even what I really want for there, but it diffuses the light and it's serving the purpose. Yes, I got curtains. I got curtains oh. for the living room as well. It's. Uh... Hey, you know, I, I finally decided I'm gonna be here for a while, so. You know that my that my friends is domestic. Yeah, it is. I would arg- I would argue that he is more domestic than I am. Oh, there's no question. Domestic, more domestic. yeah. Are you kidding me? He's I thought, got he's I got his that, neat little bachelor pad there on the thirty third and the third floor. I've had to I've had to stand on my own and fend for myself since I'm eighteen years old. I had friends of mine used to laugh. One buddy of mine used to laugh because I could iron. He'd come by, I'd be vacuuming or cleaning or, you know. And then he found out I can iron my own shirts and pants and and all that. He says, and he, he thought it was funny. I said, yeah, and you wear wrinkled T-shirts all the time. I said, my, mo- my mother taught me how to do this when I was a kid, you know, especially ironing. I haven't had to do it lately, but uh, I can. Yes, you have to be domesticated. You have to be able to look. Do I want to do the dishes? Hell no. But when you live alone, there is one absolute truth. If I don't do it, it don't get done. There's no well, hope. In, there's no hope in that. OK, if I leave this this dish in the sink and I leave for work, somebody will rinse it off. And no, no, no. No, it stays right there, right stinking there. Same thing with the laundry. Same thing with everything. If, uh, if I, I tell you, if I were living on my own, Ed, I, I kid you not. If I was, I've spent many, many, many years living, actually living in a damn hotel room on my own. What else did I need? Well, sure. You got somebody if coming in and cleaning your room. You know. In the room, I mean, I don't have to worry, you know, my utilities are paid. You pay, sure, you pay a little bit more for for the rent in the place, but your utilities are covered, your cable t- basic cable TV. And yeah, you have somebody that comes, uh, turns uh, turns up the sheets once a day, and uh, and uh, every once in a while we'll give it a nice little cleaning. and Sure. Well, I used to say oh. that to, to folks down in Lauderdale, especially the tourists. They, you know, they would all say, oh, this is, this place is great. I love it here. I want to live here. To which I would always say, that's right. Who wouldn't? Because you're, you're spending every day on the beach. You're eating out every night. You're going out to clubbing and all that. 
And every time you come back to your room, somebody's made the bed. Well, what? The last time I lived like that, I was 12. My mother did the laundry, and even then she wasn't doing all of it. Sure, who wouldn't want to live that life? But mm-hmm. guess what? It ain't like that in real life. But you <laughs> keep... Oh, we heard that all the time. I want to live here. It's great. Yeah, it is, because you're you're just you're chilling out when you show up and you got to actually work because the kids need shoes and the roof needs to be repaired and the car broke down and and bobby needs braces yeah you'll see it ain't exactly it, it's like being and, and in then it. just wait till that hurricane comes knocking on the door mm, well see the beauty of a hurricane as opposed to most other natural disasters is the three days notice and now you get more notice i used to have oh, that, yes i've had that discussion with california people multiple times the earthquake versus hurricane to which they always say well i'll take the 30 or 60 seconds of shaking to which i say i'll take the three days notice and by the way without that notice who don't i discover kill christ yeah exactly remember i was i was on the run you were were running for your life (laughs) you better believe it you better believe i was i was quite remember that storm was projected to come straight up the state it was going to take out the entire state fortunately it moved on a bit of an angle and a damn it but it was literally supposed to come straight up the spine of the state and it would have gotten everybody and you know i was driving as i'd be going i had everything everything of any significance in that in that van with me including 10 gallons of fuel uh extra potable extra water blah blah and my king <laughs> yes and, and the trip was complete <laughs> and the trip was complete because if you don't have my king with you and uh, i'll tell you what and, and let me sidetrack onto this for just a minute mike hadn't lived in the state of florida that long just a few years and he had never really driven through the state and we went up through the center of the state we i purposely avoided the main highways because I knew they'd be jammed. And we took all the secondary roads. And so we went through a lot of places that, uh, honestly, Mike wasn't even aware existed. And he'll tell you, it was a fan- And it was a beautiful day. We saw cows. We saw sugarcane. We saw, we went through all the rural back areas of the state of Florida. And it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Until we looked for a place to stay that night. And it wasn't so, so much. But, but because of that, because of that decision... We also discovered the beauty, the majesty that is Gilchrist. Thanks to Gilchrist pointing the way. We figured out rather quickly, Gilchrist, he would put $2.69 up on a gas station sign. And that's what we paid. When we saw that $2.69, we knew. We were safe in the bosom of Gilchrist. Gilchrist, Jesus' cooler brother, for those of you unfamiliar. Jesus, Jesus is always a little jealous of his bigger brother there. Jesus saves, Moses invests, Gilchrist extorts. Gilchrist. And he had the most fun. And he had the most fun. Gilchrist Absolutely. guided Mike King and myself, Brother Mike and I, 
and we became his first two followers, and I for a while his conduit. To the heathen that are the rest of you, you barking mad heathens. <laughs> Why do I get a feeling that's going to uh, stay with us for a while here? At least the rest of the day. Uh, at least, at oh, least by the, the way, yes, you should probably uh, you should probably have your lawyers. Uh, contact one mr bill fancher oh why yeah apparently bill took off and ran with uh, your description there of uh el presidente there captain, captain Coppertone. Coppertone. <laughs> yeah it was in a facebook post i didn't expect you to be <laughs> see it but uh yes he is taking off and ran with it i will be on once once this this mighty program has ended i will be on the phone with my law firm do we cheat him and how and uh, action, yep. will be ta- action will be taken. Action will be of taken. Of course, you know, the whole thing with that is is that, you know, with Bill, unfortunately, like a lot of us, it's going to be like getting blood out of a turnip. But, you know. I'm that's... willing to try. I'm willing to try. Oh, my. If it, if Bill, what, it, the, what the heck? Hey, you here, know. Here's my terms. Bill, you stop using my stuff without permission, and you somehow figure out a way to get John Shannon to stay near his damn microphone so that we can hear him. Oh, quit your bitching. No, seriously, ah. you're doing a radio show. The microphone plays an integral part of that. Does? <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. This is what Marconi had in mind. <laughs> well... Other, no, John, you got to understand. Why, why am a, I just hearing that now? You got to understand. When you're that far away from the microphone, all we're doing is shouting at each other. That's yelling. And, well. Okay. That's, there's no point in using any kind of electronics at that point. You're just yelling out the window. So, well, let's, uh, a thousand pardons, sir. That's I'm okay. very, I'm very animate when I do whatever the hell you Animated. Animated animated thank you like the boss but that's why i got you around here yes to keep things uh, and organized so we- hey listen uh, uh granny annie found something in uh, uh off her facebook feed and it's something i actually want to share with our wonderful listeners here there's some of these things that i i didn't even know to tell you the truth and if i don't know it then it's not common knowledge, you know that, oh, right? There, you do there know you that. Go. Oh, of course, of course. So these here are the 10 most common phrases that are were actually associated with um, with racism. I want, to, I want to see if you actually would uh, recognize a few of these. I, a few of these here, I did had no clue they had a racist background. Uh Number one is thug, T-H-U-G, thug. Uh, I knew that that had some racist uh, background in it. Uh, uh, That one one didn't surprise me a whole lot. Uh, Number two was grandfather clause. Hold on a second. No, no, no. Tap the brakes there. What is the racist background? Don't just say it had a racist background. Well, let's see. Let's, okay, I'll backtrack. I'm sorry. I didn't want to make this a... half an hour gig here but okay but, but then again if you're gonna say oh it's had a racist background well i'm can just give a give us a little kernel you know show us your nuts okay you <laughs> jesus christ according to 
uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary def- definition, a thug is a violent criminal. Obviously, this definition leaves the word open to define people of all ethnicities. Well, I don't know how obvious that really is, but uh, however, given the frequent ways frequent ways this word has been used to describe uh, Black Lives Black Lives Matters protesters, the seventeen year old murder victim Trayvon Martin and sadly just about every other black victim of police brutality there is an undeniable racial racial charge to that word all right well that's not the entomology of it all right let's move on to the next one next one now i had no clue um this was a grandfather clause okay how uh, quick uh it's the grandfather clause is a racist policy that was used to purposely disenfranchise black voters after the civil war how i don't understand i i don't either that one that one kind of hmm. uh all right john's putting out mysteries for us the well this, here let's see if this helps the, a little this bit. is the homework assignment kids and kittens john's going to throw a bunch of stuff out there and you get back to us on how these things well you got to realize that I just saw this yesterday, too. I know. Granny Annie posted it up on her uh, John, Facebook page, and I found it kind of fascinating. John, I wouldn't expect you to do any research. That would Of course be, not. That would be barking mad. Yeah. Well, you know, when <laughs> unfortunately, when you're in the process of your day putting, you know, putting on 250,000 or putting on 250 miles uh, in, in a day's time here, trying to make a living i just i uh, didn't i just didn't have time i understand and but, by the way by the way i thought you were going to say putting on 250 pounds and that's my day yeah there you go <laughs> um according to the encyclopedia britannica grandfather clause a statutory or constitutional device enacted by seven southern states between 1895 and 1910 to deny suffrage to African-American voters. It was provided that those who had enjoyed the right to vote prior to 1866 or 1867 or their lineal descendants would be exempt from educational property or tax requirements for voting. Because the former slaves had not been granted the franchise until the adopt until the adoption of the 15th amendment in 1870 those clauses worked efficiently to exclude black people from the vote but it assured the franchise to many impoverished or illiterate whites uh, otherwise known as the ancestry to trump voters that's right the trump voters let's move on what's next on your list uh Gypsy or Jip, YP. Well, that's, or Gypsy. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, isn't that a that's a slight against uh, Romanians? Yes, actually, and well deserved, by the way. Well deserved. If you've and I don't mean real Romanians. I mean the people that that play up this whole Gypsy thing, and uh, the schemers and the scammers. And I have dealt with many of them over the years. The uh, phrase, no can do. Number four, no can do. No can do. 
Uh, no can do. I don't know. Tell me about that. Enlighten me. You've heard it. You've heard it before, right? Well, of course I can. I say it on a daily basis. No can do, man. Oh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> I'm working with you here. <laughs> oh, well, and I surely appreciate it. Actually, it's linked back to Westerners mocking Chinese immigrants. Ah, no can do. Oh. Yeah, very yeah. That's it. I'll have the cream of some young guy. I'll never pass up an opportunity to use that line. Now it makes sense. See, now that one makes perfect sense. That's a shot at, at the Chinese. I get that. And the broken English. Well, yes, that's what I mean by using the uh, broken English. I mean, it's not quite the shot of having a white guy play Charlie Chan, but, you know, it's it's right up there. Number five, sold down the river. I get a general idea of... of uh, it, it probably, and I'm guessing here, this is pure guesswork. I'm guessing that it means uh, a slave who was sold at a different place because he was deemed inferior or something like that. According to a tweet from P.D. Costa, at P.D. Costa, the phrase sold down the river came from Louisville, Kentucky, where the enslaved were traded in one of the largest slave slave markets of the 19th century. So, okay. Right on the money with that there, my friend. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Okay, number six. Welfare queen. Oh, God. I, 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 that's a relatively modern one. Yes, it is. It came from, uh, yeah, yeah. I think we all know. It came from Reagan era. Right. Where, People in the um, in the Reagan administration supposedly used that, right? Because the term, the term "welfare queen" was first popularized by Ronald Reagan's 1976 presidential campaign, which he repeat excuse me, in which he repeatedly painted a picture of Cadillac driving of the Cadillac driving welfare queen. That is correct. That is correct. Oh. Uh, so let's see, what do we got? Number know. seven, Chuck and Jive. Oh, jeez. Are we, are we going to play Amos and Andy bits too? Yeah, Shuck, there you go. Chuck and Jive. You got to be blind not to see the racial overtones in that one. Oh, but you go, right at, you go right ahead, John. I'm going to step uh, back away from the window while you do this. <laughs> apparently, well, apparently, of course, you know, Sarah Palin uh, would have uh, Obama's shuck and jive ends with Benghazi lies. Mm. That back uh, about eight years, less than eight years ago. Give us the origin, sir. Uh, the uh, the term shuck and jive is both common and very obviously rooted in the language of slavery. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the online entomology dictionary, the phrase shuck and jive refers to the fact that black slaves sang and shouted gleefully uh, during uh, corn shucking season. There you go. And this and this behavior, along with lying and teasing, became part of the protective and evasive behavior normally adopted towards white people in traditional race relations. Mm, mm, mm. Well, let's just shuck and jive right off of that one. What do you say? Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, long time no see. Probably along the same uh, line as uh, no can do. No Basically can do. in reference to uh, uh, poor English. To the Chinese. But um, actually, you know, I'm wrong on that, believe it or not. Shocking. It says, oh, you know what? I'm a shuck and jive right out of here. You... Yeah. Uh, the very commonly used greeting, long time no see, first became popular as a way to make fun of Native Americans, believe it or not. Uh, how? The phrase was used in a way to mock a traditional greeting exchange between uh, Native Americans. How? The official definition, according to Oxford Dictionary, Long time no see was originally meant as a humorous interpretation of a Native American greeting used after a prolonged separation. The current, or excuse me, the current earliest citation recorded in the Oxford English Dictionary comes from W.F. Uh, Drannan's book, 31 Years on Plains, from, 19, or from 1901. Wrote up to him an American Indian, he said, good morning, long time no see you. All righty uh, then. I think we'll go, we'll think we'll just go right on by to number nine, which is the peanut gallery. <laughs> it was the, it was the cheapest and worst part of the theater. That yeah, theater the was. origins, origins, excuse me, according to the National Urban League. It was the cheapest and worst part of the theater and the only option for black attendees. No one wanted to sit in the peanut gallery and today nobody wants to hear from the peanut gallery. <laughs> well, that, that excludes us now, doesn't it? Because we are the very epitome of the peanut gallery. That the truth. Wow. Uh, the word uppity. This one kind of... <laughs> Let's start writing those cards and letters right now, kids and kittens. J-O-H-N-S-H-A-N-N-O-N. Okay, lots of N's there. This is John Shannon you'll be writing to. Go ahead with Uppity, you barking mad uh, peanut gallery well, member you. When you hear when you hear the word Uppity, what do you think of first first and foremost? Uh, uh, you know what? I, I'd be barking mad to answer that question. Well, for me, it would be some... It would be... Like somebody that, if you were uppity, that meant you were you felt you were too good to be around other people. You mean like the way you feel about that microphone? Because you don't want to be anywhere near it. I haven't moved my head in the last ten minutes. What the hell are you bitching about? We will review the tape later. Yeah. <laughs> he has his opinions. I have the facts. So we'll there just remember go. that. There you go. Remember, it's all video now. Everybody, everybody pays the price now. Don't be so uppity it. about it. Yeah. As for now, the word uppity is often used as, as a cinnamon. I can never say that word. But I love it's cinnamon. It's not cinnamon. It's synonym. Cinnamon. Yes, thank you. <laughs> for stuck up or pretentious or conceited. Now, that's what I'd always thought. That's John But Chad. the roots of the words, the roots of the word are far more specific and racist the word uppity was first used by southerners to refer to slaves who did not fall in line or acted 
as if they didn't know their place. Woo! I, I, now I can. Now I get it. Do you? Oh. Yeah. Now I get it. That's so, uh, that's why we don't. Uh, I really don't want to talk about that word because there's, as far as I'm concerned, there's no good way out of it. Excuse me. Well, you just go straight out the front door. Uh, so basically any black person who overtly stood up to racism, racism, given the heaviness of this origin, it seems best to leave the word at home when Uh, looking to uh describe Uh a pretentious acquaintance. Okay. We're going to take, we're going to take that one. We're going to lock that in the little box and we're not going to bring it up again because as far as in my mind, it's only got one connotation and, and, and that's why it's toxic. As far as I'm concerned, it's toxic. Well, I, and, and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be funny or facetious or anything like that. I honestly didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, I honestly didn't know folks. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. If I was to go off on a racist rant, that would be one of the words I was I would use. I would, and I would have never thought, never think to use it. For oh yeah, ever. oh yeah, oh yeah. There's, there are very few words that I believe that cut. I I can only think of one word, and this is from, from me, an old white guy. I can only think of one other word, the N word, that right. would cut deeper than uppity. Well, yeah, and that's me. That's the. That is the uh, grand champion of racist words, as far as I'm concerned. And by the way, they're usually paired to, if you hear the U word, usually the N word is followed immediately afterwards. And this is really? why I, I, I'm hesitant to even talk about it because because it, it's uh-huh. just, uh, it's, man. Well, the, the, Can we do football or something? Because uh, this is the, if there is a huge difference between you and I. Yeah, there I, is, buddy. Yeah, there is. Uh, well, if there is one huge and glaring difference between you and I is that, you know, I, if I said it, I own it. You know, and I am not a, you know, especially in this case, I honestly. That's fine. Honestly okay. didn't know. John, nobody is holding you or accusing you of anything. I'm saying my experience with the word says to me, stay away. I just stay, for me, anyway, stay away. No good comes out of using that word as far as I'm concerned. Except I I, I can't even think of 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 a circumstance where that's a proper word. Uh, or there it's I, I might have to uh, I might have to and because I, I, I think that I have a good enough relationship with Shaletta that I can honestly ask her um, give me give give me the her perspective on that word and why it is what it is well if you can't get a hold of Shaletta well here's what I recommend you do you go down to the daily protest, go down to the site. Okay. And yet, and, and X, and just start yelling out the word. Tell, tell them the protesters, they're all uppity. Yeah. Let me know how that works out for you. Well, uh, I, yeah, probably knowing what I know now, probably wouldn't leave out of there with my hide. But, well, I know, begin that. the hunt for a new co-host. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I do apologize. Like I said, it was, I did look over the list and I just did again, that one. Okay. Okay. John, you know, I believe there's this word. I believe it's a wonderful thing that you are unaware of that word. Uh, that, that says a lot. And uh, I, I think that, you you apparently have learned something today, which is yeah, good. I'm, I I'm, not, I'm not joking here. I'm not joking. Uh, you've learned something, which is always a good day. Yes. You, you actually are taking me seriously for a change, which that's a hard that's a hard task in itself. There you go. There you go. And uh, so I and I'm. I think we just agree that, like I said, that word goes in the little lockbox. We, uh, we, we just, we just, I would I, uh, speak to Shaletta by all means. That's a wonderful idea. Uh, matter of fact, oh. record the call and we'll play it back on some other show. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to, if she's okay with that, if she's okay yeah. with that. Yeah. I mean, I would have to, I would have to preface the hell out of this. Uh, yeah, you would. And, and preface my, and profess my ignorance through the whole process well just play just play this part of the show i think your ignorance came shining through like a beacon yeah you're right like like probably wouldn't be the first time but yeah no 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 (laughs) how would you like the list chronologically or alphabetically uh (laughs) yeah okay uh oh let's get on to something completely different okay come on kick it in gear emergency bat so I got on the Twitter last night and I see people tell talking. you to get off huh they tell you to get off yeah usually and I said just give me another minute here uh, I'm not even breathing heavy yet anyway so I come across this thing Lady G and, and uh, it's got something to do with Lindsey Graham, and I'm thinking, holy crap! Is I thought he had been outed. Turns, I, I turns out there's this information out there. I don't know if it's rumor. I really haven't been able to dig much through it. But the story is that from that Senator Graham or Miss Lindsey, as we like to to call her, has used the services of male escorts over the years and has them sign an an MDA MDA NDA non-disclosure agreement and apparently according to whatever's leaking out now uh, insists on being called Lady G in the uh, process of whatever is is going on and there's I I responded to a bunch of these I got a lot lot of action uh because everybody was going on about the Lady G, and I and I replied, "It's Miss, it's Miss Lindsay, you heathens." I do declare, I feel like case of the vapors coming on. But so what I'm guessing here is that if there's anything to that at all, that Captain Coppertone has gotten his hands on one of these NDAs and is holding it over Miss Lindsay's head. Now we've been saying here, at least I've been saying for for years now. Lindsay, just come out. Whatever it is he's holding over you, okay, whatever he has on you, 
Just come out with it. Whether you're gay, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever it is, the public reaction to it is well worth the satisfaction of being freed from the clutches of this madman. And also, the added benefit of his makeup doesn't come off on your on your arms anymore. Uh, if this is what it is, well, it's not going to be a shocker to most people. Uh, okay, you, you got your particular perk, uh, your picadillos, you like to do certain things with certain people. Wonderful. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to the human race. Uh, the, the basing you've, you've applied to yourself over these past three years, especially especially since uh, Senator McCain passed on and you found somebody else to latch on to. If it's just because you're gay, if that's it, nobody cares, Lindsay. Nobody of any significance. No, you know, and and if this is what he's holding over you, I'm really, I, I, I feel for you. I'm not upset with you. I just can't believe that you would, you're not, a stupid man you're a very intelligent man how do you let this this beast uh hold if this is what it is i and i, and I hope anyway this is the story that's leaking out there and, and again Lindsay, whatever it is he's got on you and we know he's got something on you just come out with it and be done with it and set yourself free just like Trump. Now, we all know Putin has something on Trump. Okay? There was that famous meeting in uh, Helsinki. It was just Putin, Trump, and the translators. Uh, nobody let the translators speak. Trump actually ate the notes. The uh, From what I've read, it basically was Trump went into that room. Putin showed him something. He's got something on him. And Trump came out like a scared puppy. Uh, and you notice how everybody else is a liar, but he takes Putin's word for everything. Oh, he said it. It must be. Yeah, it must be true. It must be true. So, Lindsay, in all seriousness, and all joking aside, if this is what it is, or, or honestly, whatever it is, just just get ahead of it. Just come out and say, yeah, it may seem like it's too late. You've dug a pretty substantial hole for yourself. There's no question about it. And we've seen you doing interviews with clearly – you had a few uh, few ciders under your belt. There's no qu- <laughs> there's no question about it. See how I weave these things in, uh, but I promise you, I promise you, it will it will blow over faster. Oh, I got a joke there that I'm not gonna do, but <laughs> chicken. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Congratulations, you caught on. Uh, it would be very uppity of me. No, well, that's the perfect place for that for that word. By the way, uh, anyway, the the blowback won't be nearly as bad as you think it is. Oh yeah, initially, but it'll pass and uh, very quickly. And again, you'll have and anybody that ridicules, and especially anybody on the left that ridicules him about anything to that is a huge ass hypocrite. You know, I I think the the biggest ridicule would come from along the lines of what you you sold your soul to that buffoon for that yeah yeah this is i i think that's where the real problem comes is that 
for whatever it is, it's just not worth it to me. It does not seem like it was worth it at all. So, whatever it is. We got a little less than 15 minutes to go here on the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI. Uh, if you would like to join the conversation, the door is uh, the door is definitely open for you. 754-800-CHAT. 754-800-2428. Uh, call or text. Send a tweet to at Taxi Stand Hour. Or you could even... Uh, you're catching us here on the uh, Periscope. Send us a message this way too, or uh, or use the United States Postal System. Salute. <laughs> How long do you think? You think that the post uh, the post office will even uh, postal service will even survive? It has to. If Trump, it, 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 well, do you think it will survive if if Trump gets another term? If Trump gets another term, he won't care. He only cares now. Because the election hasn't happened yet. Remember, it's just like the the uh, invading hordes of caravans in 2018. They were coming. They're coming. Election day happened. You haven't heard about them since. They all magically vanished. He won't care about it once it's once election day is over, because it won't matter anymore uh, if he wins. And if he wins, then I'm gonna. I'm going to buy $100 worth of stamps and mail myself somewhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, or maybe 200 To the offices of Beck Taxi. That's... Hello, Christine. I'm on my way. Exactly. I will... Uh, but they got to do something. They got to they work on the furnace up there. It's got to be a little bit warmer during the winter. I, I just... I will not tolerate. Come on. You will event... You're a tough guy. You'll you'll eventually acclimate. I'm a baby. Oh come on! Believe Look at you. you. Believe Look at you. you, John. If there was anybody living with me right now, the amount of stuff I would do for myself—they wouldn't be—would drop precipitously. Look, I only do things for myself because I have to, not because I want to. All right, I'm a big old baby, and I want things my way. And that includes <laughs> truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> that is right. That I've is right. seen that expression on your face when I just say no. I don't handle that well. You do not handle no well at I do all. Not. It's not one of my favorite words. Unless I'm telling oh. other people no. Now that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. That's that's we, again. For, for for those who are scratching their heads right now here a few week or a couple of weeks ago we were discussing something about behind the scenes scenes and he said would you go to such and such or do such and such I said no no nothing else just no you should have seen the look on his face oh my god could have thought I'd have pissed on his foot or some damn thing I'll tell you what at that point you would not be able to to uh distinguish between baby oliver and me yeah oh i freely admit when when i had had somebody with me and i got so much as the idiotiest bittiest bit of a cold i may have i may have played that up just a hair just just a hair well, Granny Annie says every man does that. So yeah, that's that seems to be the rumor. So I just feel I'm being a man when I do it. 
<laughs> Honey, I can't get up. <laughs> oh. Oh, by the way, speaking of baby Oliver, yes, he get, he got to he got to go on a road trip today. He went to Duluth. Yes, he went to Duluth. It'll take years of therapy to get him over it, but he went to Duluth. Oh, yes. What is in and, Duluth? What is in Duluth, by the way? Well, uh, of course, Duluth is uh, uh, one of the key cities of on uh, Lake Michigan. Excuse me, Lake Superior, my bad. But, but uh, right why, why did he go? What's there? Oh, just because it was there. It was the way, reason I took road trips, too. Oh, okay. That's just because it's there go that's, see it that's a good enough i remember reason. i remember uh back in my young and dumb days you know i'd take road trips to duluth again just because it was there fair enough a buddy and i said okay we got to duluth okay let's go on up into uh let's go on up the north shore why yeah because it's there so that was one day how we made it all the way up to uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario. Thunder, I've heard of Thunder Bay. You know who's from Thunder Bay? I've, no, not off the top of my head. Paul Schaefer. Oh, is that right? Not only is he from Thunder Bay, he also wrote uh, It's Raining Men. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I just want to sque- uh, squeeze in a little bit of Uber news. Just before we get going here. Oh, why not? Sure. <laughs> so, and we're just going to go through this very quickly. Uh, this is from this is from last week. Uh, but, but in Italy, uh, it's ha- the the. Let me just sum it up for you. They've they've taken everything that has to do with uber especially uber eats and put it under basically a special uh magistrate and uh it's got and they're basically telling them you got to comply with the full law uh they're under investigation for any number of things uh from this week an uber co-founder and a company executive both unloaded tens of millions in stocks since the coronavirus pandemic hit the company uh, let's see. Jill Hazel, Hazel Baker, the company's head of marketing, sold $8.6 million in stock, uh, ridding herself of half of her options weeks after Uber cut a quarter of its workforce. The sales were not prearranged. Garrett Camp, its co-founder alongside Travis Kalanick, sold $69.6 million since March 2nd, reportedly making a $14.7 million prearranged trade on May 7th, the day after the company's worst layoff. The company's revenues have plummeted amidst the the pandemic with severe trade restrictions, hobbling its trademark ride-hailing business. And uh, I have this one piece of audio we've been holding on to for a couple of weeks, and I want to play this very quickly. It's less than a minute. Let's take a listen. This is uh, Deirdre Bosa on CNBC. Hey, John, that's right. This comes from a company-wide email from Uber CEO Dara Khosrow Shahi to employees. And in it, he says that Uber is cutting about 3,000 additional jobs. This comes after further job cuts just about a week ago. And it brings the latest layoffs to about 25% of the company. Um, It is also exploring selling non-core businesses, including Uber Works. Dara Khosrow Shahi says that Uber will be shutting 45% 
offices, and it's reevaluating bets in freight and self-driving technology. Um, and guys, that is a surprise to me because self-driving technology has been seen as so critical to the ride-sharing uh, companies, how they eventually become profitable when that bet um, when that bet actually comes through and they have put billions and billions of dollars into it. So again, guys, more, um, more cuts from Uber and the stock is up nicely um, on, that, on those further job cuts, guys. Back to you. Now that's from May 18th and we don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but the main reason I pulled that clip out was the reference to the self-driving cars. That is not going to work in our lifetime. They've been throwing billions at this. It's not going to work anytime soon. Not in a transfer, not a, a, a self-driving taxi, if you will. It's not going to happen. 100 years from now, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm not gonna go into all the reasons why it's not gonna work, but not the least of which is, at that point, Uber then owns all the vehicles and Uber owns all the responsibility that comes with it, okay? And they've got to, and they're not ready to do that yet. They've never been willing to do that. I promise you, if they make any kind of, if they were to ever make any kind of headway with that, there would come a point where they would hand off the responsibility to somebody else. They are not going to eat that themselves. And and besides, we're just decades, decades away from that. They're, the the self-driving thing, just, it'll happen in stages, okay? Tesla's got the little thing going out. It'll happen first the real uh, self-driving stuff will happen on segregated roadways like the left lane the express lane of the highway where these cars can ride a lot closer to each other because the computers are all communicating with each other uh, but as long as you still have human beings driving cars and interacting with these computer driven cars it ain't gonna happen so that's so why that's why i wanted to play that audio if you want to be a, a good uh, grand or good, excuse me, a good grandfather, uh, be sure you do this, folks. Be sure when your little grandbaby, my little grandbaby Oliver, uh, when he's five or six years old, you sit him down and you say, "Whatever you do, never get into a car. There is not somebody in front of that steering wheel." And I'm not talking about the Johnny Cab driver either. Oh, Johnny Cab would be cool. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I I love Johnny Cab. That's if we can get Johnny Cab, I'm all in. I'm all in. But until we get Johnny Cab, mm, I don't think so. Again, it's gonna happen, but it's not gonna happen while you and I are breathing this air. I say a hundred years. I don't know if it'll be that long, but again, by the time you get but by the time we get to the point that a self-driving car is as ubiquitous as a smartphone, where it's just an, a normal part of everyday life, again, we're going to be, uh, it's going to be a while. Just remember, just remember, if it goes by that kind of technology, it's probably going to be texting while it's driving. So. That is true. It's all right, folks, that'll uh, that'll put the wraps here on this particular version of the Taxi Stand Hour here on Radio PFI. So remember to catch us on Monday evening, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. 
for the quarantine edition of the Texas Dan Hour. Till then, from the Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota, I'm John Shannon, and I got the money. See ya! Oh, I heard every word you said, honey. Yes. Yes, dear. Oh, I agree. You're right. Yeah, you're always right, baby. This is Ed Van Ness. And I'm John Shannon. You found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. You can catch us live every Saturday at 10 a.m. by downloading the Radio TFI app. Enjoy the show. Adios. See ya. Radio TFI.